Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. My name is Ashlyn Phelps, and I'm the communications coordinator at High Point Church. This episode is actually the last in our series called Chewing on Ephesians, which exists to give you more things to chew on as we go through the book of Ephesians together as a church. In this episode, Femi Jacoya, one of our elders, and myself are going to talk about the sermons from the month of November. As always, if you have any questions or feedback, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, I'm Ashlyn Phelps. And I'm Femi Shikoya, F-E-M-I. And we're going to do the last Chewing on Ephesians episode for this series. Save the me for last. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's just get to it. The past month of sermons covered Ephesians 5, 21 through 6, 9. Mm-hmm. And then there was a sermon in the middle of it uh, from Tom Lynn, who talked about Genesis 12, 1 through 9. Yeah. Um, what were, were there any big takeaways for you? Yeah. Um, the I think the biggest takeaway for me was that... Th- the book of Ephesians is written, obviously, as a letter to this huge group of people. No copy machines, no way for you to get your own little home copy to study as much as Nick did to help elucidate some of these, and as Mike did, and Lloyd did. Um, so the fact that this is something, that these are points that are clarifying some major points about how Paul is explaining to this church on how they should relate to each other. And these details are critical for the interpersonal relationships that we have day-to-day with each other as believers to do part of the work of what our purpose is in glorifying God and enjoying him. Like Mm -hmm. these are gifts that he's given us to do. Yeah. That's good. One of the things that reading out the passages, like if anybody's going back over these things again, Mm -hmm. is looking at that middle section in five that talks about marriage and submission um, and realizing that like that extrapolates out to the beginning of chapter five and the, what we've done so far in chapter six around I want you to live in this way. This is how that could be hard for you. <laughs> you you married, this is going to be hard. You got a parent, you got a kid, this is going to be hard. Um, you are somebody who has somebody work for you, you work for somebody, this is going to be hard. Um, using the term slaves and masters in a different context. Um, and all of those things are extremely critical to how we think about our relationships, but they are all, as Paul continues to bring up, supposed to think about how it's supposed to relate to how we think about who Christ is, what he's done in our lives and that drive how we then relate to our spouse or our kid or our boss. Mm-hmm. Or if we're in a really, really hard situation, like somebody who is oppressing us. Yeah. So. It's like, I think um, Nick might've said this, but um, the submit, submit to each other out of reverence for Christ mm-hmm. is like the overarching idea mm-hmm. that, there are then examples for, which I think really clarified things for me (laughs) in thinking about the letter. And then, um, yeah. And I think also, I also thought it was interesting because I feel like the, this passage or the, yeah, this passage is, it can be very controversial. Just (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) With the idea of wives submitting to their husbands Mm -hmm. and then with, even the mentioning of like slaves and masters mm-hmm. in, in today's day and age. And so I just, I remember like as someone that wasn't a believer a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. like 
I remember those were very early on conversations that I think we were having mm-hmm. and then I was having with some other people. Um, but I really liked the way that it was explained to me when I brought up like, what does it mean for wives to submit to their mm-hmm. husbands? And, and yeah, and I something I think was funny was that um, in explaining it, I, I actually, so for context, I got married three months ago. Woo woo. <laughs> Femi is getting married in like, two weeks yeah. <laughs> and um and i think one of my gut reactions um when talking about being a wife was i was like that seems like a really big responsibility to like be a church <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because someone was oh, explaining hmm. to me um the whole idea of the wife being like the church and then the husband being like christ and you know the relationship between christ and the church and then how that's parallel to wife and husband mm-hmm. and i was like man church being a church seems like a really big responsibility Mm -hmm. um but then but the response to that that i got was that the husband is called to be like christ which is like literally sacrificing your life (laughs) (laughs) so how do you feel about that baby (laughs) yeah it's it's really really it's a high order throughout Mm -hmm. the entire but through all of scripture it's something that is intimidating and it should be intimidating when you're really looking at it. It's definitely a joyful time and an exciting time and anticipatory time. But for somebody who doesn't like failing at things and mm-hmm. putting myself in situations where there's so many more opportunities to fail, that's, it's hard to be like willingly stepping into this thing where I could fail a lot with another human being, um, who will show me all of my sin and all these other things. So I think that, helping with the passages in the same way that like it's hard to think about submission is thinking of a person versus their office has helped me a lot um over the last like six years of if i think of my job as a husband that's like a job outside of my normal job in which i am a project manager at a company like those are jobs that i have and i am a person who is supposed to and have called by god to do these things in this particular way um that helps me a lot to realize like oh i'm not telling a woman like she can't do a thing Mm -hmm. as much as like you will have a job this is the job title this is how god wants us to do it and we're already like all as christians married like you said Mm -hmm. we are in a bride which is the church Mm -hmm. and we have to do a job as that bride yeah um and then i guess moving on to the to the parents and children sermon um I thought it was so as someone that is not a parent and probably will not be for a <laughs> the near future, but who knows what God wants. Um, True that. Parents, like I thought it was really interesting thinking about my relationship with my parents, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking that thinking that parents and children are supposed to be allies and that parents are supposed to raise their children not to be children, but to be adults. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, and and I think like looking back, it is clear that, you know, I didn't have the maturity or foresight to see like all the, the um, compounding effects of my actions, right? Like, mm-hmm. like um, I think Nick was saying, um, yeah, that kids aren't going to see the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing and then the mm-hmm. next thing, whereas parents will. And it's like, I think what I found challenging in that was as a parent, how would I be able to tell my kids that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And have them not feel disrespected or offended and actually like understand that, right? right? 
Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I think this is one of the reasons why people who are older than me always told me, like, you'll get it when you're older. You'll get it when you're older. And I'm just like, that's such a bad answer. That's like, that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. But realizing there are things that I definitely have understood in the same way of sacrifices the parents make and how much time and money and energy goes into raising a child just to be stable, not even to be thriving. Mm-hmm. And then how many people around me have parents who aren't the best people that I've ever met? but are pretty good parent, like pretty stable parents as far as it goes to raising somebody who can get a job and sustain paying their bills and Mm -hmm. like have things go okay. Um, which was a hard point for some people. And it's like, well, even bad parents are trying Mm -hmm. with with their bad logic sometimes (laughs) about, well, I'm a, I'm a wreck and I, the best thing for this kid is that I stay away. Like bad logic. Don't do that. But at the same time, like, they're trying to think of the best thing for that kid. Um, that that's an innate thing that God has put in them. So we should respect our parents and all that time and energy sacrifice is worthy of it. And also like how hard it is for parents to switch when their kids become an adult. I think that's <laughs> something as an adult, like m- my parents, um, I think maybe moms have a harder time than fathers with this, but when your kid becomes more and more independent to like really say, yeah, I trust you to make those decisions and mess up on your own and be okay and fix it on your own Mm -hmm. versus I saw you when you were in diapers and you were sick and you were helpless and you made stupid mistakes. And I just feel like I need to help you all the time to go. uh, No, there's a certain point where I have to trust God more and that Mm -hmm. can be hard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I felt like the idea of, disobeying your parents was also interesting because i i think when i heard it i was thinking of um nick on a certain podcast episode um episode 148 on conflict in marriage Mm -hmm. and he said that um like that you can't tell someone to get a divorce unless you're like 100 percent sure that they can get a divorce Mm -hmm. and i felt like it was the same idea of like you shouldn't disobey your parents unless you're like 100 percent sure that you can that it would be i think he said it would be worse to um, something about dishonor. Dishonor God. Yeah, dishonor God. Then yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Like God is the ultimate authority you submit to. So even if you're mm-hmm. in like a really bad position, whether it be at work or in life or whatever it is, that yeah, I agree. The the thing is, you still submit to God's authority, and He tells us to submit to governing authorities and this hierarchy of structures. Mm-hmm. But that when that structure is too corrupt, He says like you need to like leave and get out of that thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Were there any other takeaways or did you want to expand on your first one? Yeah. I I mean, the big thing I think of as somebody who works at a bigger corporation right now is just the office versus person. Like my boss is my boss, but she is also a person. Mm -hmm. Um, As her employee, like I have to do what she tells me to do because her office is my boss Mm -hmm. and our CEO is like our boss. And when he tells us to do something, we do the thing because of his office, but he still excuse it, excuse me, but like he still goes to the bathroom and still has to eat. <laughs> still has to like take a shower and do all the other normal human things. And that compassion we can have for each other as people who have offices will help us respect leaders more. I think when they're trying to do their best, mm-hmm. um, when they're messing up a whole lot to say like, Hey, maybe you need a break. (laughs) Um, and to respect the people who work for us in the service industry, whether it be people who are cleaning or serving food, um, that the cross tells us because the King of the universe can come down in human form, which is lesser than what he is 
and into poverty, which is less than what he could do and die that that should drive or relate to using my power with people and how that relates to how I respect people who are using some of their power to help me do the things that I'm doing. Um, like all of those things are pointing back hopefully to the cross. Mm -hmm. And I think the office metaphor just helps me do that very well. Yeah. And, um, something I'm curious about your thoughts on are, are the, um, so yes, we are to submit to like higher (laughs) offices, I guess, in in, in our hierarchies that we're in. And then there's the, the idea that simultaneously we can be fighting unjust systems and so i'm thinking about like mm-hmm. you know having compassion for our our for instance our political leaders mm-hmm. but then also the idea of i feel like sometimes it's a question of like when is it okay to protest or mm-hmm. when is it okay to to like yeah argue against something that you yeah. feel is unjust <laughs> yeah th- i did have a note about this so i think there are a lot of like false dichotomies so for people who are like quit using those words um where people have there's either a or b Mm -hmm. a lot in i can either protest or i cannot but i can't do anything in between and the truth is like god's giving you a brain with creativity you can do a whole lot of things in between there are blue pens and red pens and green (laughs) pens um so there are some chances and sometimes that you might have to literally protest but there are also a lot of other things you can do in terms of like changing a system not saying that that's always the best option um or starting a separate system of things um or undergoing the consequences of disobeying a system um civil disobedience and protest is something that historically is done a lot um but you just need to convince the right people a lot of the time sometimes people just don't think uh enough about things where having black and white thinking can be super destructive it reduces everything to oh it's an easy answer and that's all i have to do um where the bible tells us as we go back to it over and over again there's there's a whole lot of other options um so obviously i'm dodging whether or not you can or cannot (laughs) but i mean it's it's not a a black and white situation exactly and to realize that every single person was born with skin color ethnicity family background that they did not all choose that has affected how they've grown that god's given them a brain that has an operational capacity to a certain point like everybody's life is so complex mm-hmm. um to say that someone can't be emotional enough that they protest and you write a letter like that might be what you need to do um or if you have the ability to argue on someone's behalf because you're closer to the person who's causing them pain to do so um paul does that with the letter of Philemon, Onesimus, runaway slave, becomes a Christian, and Paul writes this letter, which is sort of like sassy at points. So Philemon saying, hey, hey man, he's a brother now, so although he works for you as a slave, treat him well. Mm-hmm. Like, really treat him well. Where Paul didn't have to do that, um, and Jesus didn't have to die for us. Mm-hmm. So like, how we use our power is also a really critical way of how we can help people who are feeling oppressed, oppressed enough that they want to protest, mm-hmm. they feel that way, like to really help them go, okay, like this is what we can do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting that, I don't know if this is a human nature, like general type thing, but in the idea of wives submit to your husbands and a slave's respect, yeah, and slaves respecting mm-hmm. their masters, it's, it's as if people take that out of context and then also forget the fact that it says husbands love your wives and masters treat your slaves in the same mm-hmm. way, right? So it's, 
I don't know if this is a human nature thing to just pick things out, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but in that, in yeah, I think in that vein, it's really interesting to me how people just, yeah, it's like I think it's a psychological thing, right? But taking mm-hmm. what you need and like not seeing the bigger picture, especially even yeah. the bigger picture of submit to each other out of reverence to Christ. For yeah, Christ, you know, one of one of the things that you said just there it made me think of. The idea that submission for everybody means that you might not get what you want mm. really destroys people sometimes. Mm. When you're a Christian and you believe and all these things are going well and life seems sort of normal, you're going to still get to do some of the things you want. Everybody's okay with that. But the fact that being a Christian could also mean that God could tell you by the Holy Spirit you need to move to a country that you don't want to move to mm-hmm. really bothers us. Mm-hmm. Like, it really, like, mm, I don't know. I like my iPod and I like my. Like blah, 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 technology stuff, blah, 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 comfort mm-hmm. stuff. Um, to say that I really am submitting to that point is big, which goes into what Tom was talking about with yeah. Mission Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, oh gosh, I forgot my train of thought. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say, even with, um, even with the idea of a short-term mission trip. Right, right. right. And... Not only are people uncomfortable with that, I think even I had a bunch of sex, so a bunch of skepticism about short-term mission trips. And I, mm-hmm. like, there is still, so I have lots of thoughts on this, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, again, for context, I, I, so Tom preached on November 17th and mm-hmm. I just came back from a short-term mission trip to Spain and North Africa on November 2nd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a week and a half um, in Spain and North Africa and um so it was really interesting for him to preach afterwards and then for one of his applications to be go and get a taste and i was like oh just did that (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah like so for context the short-term mission trip um we uh went to spain and north africa and there's an organization called days for girls it's a nonprofit organization Mm -hmm. um across the nation and basically we make menstrual hygiene kits and there's a branch here that one of the gr- ladies on the trip started mm-hmm. and her name Adrian. is Adrian. Yeah. Adrian. Um, and so we brought 350 kits over and, um, the, due to unexpected circumstances, like mm-hmm. a pallet of like a huge pallet of food falling on Adrian's toe. Um, mm-hmm. I had to give seven presentations over the course of a week, on women's menstrual hygiene and women's health um and then we handed out the kits afterwards Mm -hmm. so that's the purpose of days for girls is mainly the education portion and then there is the menstrual hygiene kit which is a reusable like patent Mm -hmm. um so we teach them how to take care of it and stuff and use it but so something that i think tom's sermon really resonated with me because tom said that when we get up and bless the nations we see god's faithfulness and um it was funny because on the trip we kept talking about how god was being faithful to us so Mm. this 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 what i'm about to say might be controversial but for whatever reason he didn't want adrian to teach the presentations Mm. um and so because she she's she's done them like she she's the head of the branch here or whatever and um and she's very well versed in this stuff right and so she it was funny because we split the first day. We had to do two simultaneous ones. So I did one and Adrian did one. And then I was thinking, oh, my job's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to teach anymore. Um, Adrian will probably just do the rest of them. Right. And then a pallet of food fell on Adrian's toe. Yeah. And so 
God did the smallest thing to to take her out of the running, mm-hmm. quote unquote. <laughs> um, and while there was a lot of pain, nothing was broken, and there was a nurse there that yeah, yeah. took care of everything and like took perfect care of the wound and nothing was wrong with it afterwards. Like she went to the doctor here and everything was fine. Um, so it's, so maybe that's not a God's faithfulness example, but <laughs> a different example is that most of the people on the trip got sick, including me. Mm-hmm. And God was faithful in that he sustained me <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and made it seem like basically like I wasn't sick. Um, I had a bunch of congestion and like a cough. Um, and he kept me perfectly fine during the presentations. And it was kind of funny because after the presentations, I would like crash yeah. and I was dead. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but there were tons of ways that God was faithful yeah. even on that short trip. And yeah, going back to the cynicism about the trip, um, I think just do the idea of short term mission trips and that can cause a lot of skepticism from people mm-hmm. of like, what good are you actually going to do for people? And mm-hmm. like, I think there is an idea that, um, more good is done for the people going than the people that are actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think that there are still trips that can do that, but from this trip, I mean, I recognize that I did benefit a lot. Like I learned so much and I'm still processing. Um, but I think what, what was good about this trip was that we gave education that most women don't get to get, don't, yeah. don't get to have. Yeah. Um, we, God gave us environments so that we could talk about these really sensitive issues for women mm-hmm. um, without the presence of men. And we inspired like local volunteers that were there with us um, mm-hmm. to get certified in the days for girls training and be able to like give these presentations like after we leave. Mm-hmm. And we left a bunch of kits with them cause we didn't use the whole 350. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very challenging sermon, especially when Tom talked about a bit of his testimony and mm-hmm. where his mom said that, she would kill herself if if tom went to become a missionary yeah. in mongolia <laughs> mm-hmm. and i was thinking to myself like i don't know what i would do in that situation right you know right like that sounds terrifying <laughs> and i yeah. and, and tom didn't talk about his thought process but he kind of just jumped from and then i went <laughs> right, right. but but yeah he didn't have communication with her for for several years right right and it's like how would i yeah the like the idea of submitting to a call Mm -hmm. and submitting to anything when you put it into those contexts of oh all these things could go wrong if i submit to this thing i'm not going to get to go on the trips that i want to go for like me i won't buy all the stuff that i want Mm -hmm. when i get married because we'll have to budget like i won't buy all the stuff i want if i have kids because we'll have to budget Mm -hmm. i won't be able to necessarily go on all these trips that other people who are my age who don't feel the need to start a family and to get married and to learn responsibility and to like put themselves in uncomfortable situations. Like I won't be able to do those things. And I think that that trip and all of these sermons are saying like that submission is still good. Mm. It's just, we probably have way more idols than we think (laughs) and we have to remove them Mm -hmm. so we can like look at the cross and go like, that's what the King of the world did. Mm -hmm. So we can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any other last minute thoughts as we're approaching the end of this? Man, I love Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and I want him to keep changing me because like you just learned a lot about your selfishness as you go through mm-hmm. stuff like this. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ashlyn. Yep. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. 
If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.